0: Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Well, good morning. Yes, I just woke you up if you weren't awake yet. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, what up? Say happy Resurrection Sunday. Man, it's so good to see your faces. Now, Now I did tell First Service that they, they were a little closer to God for waking up so early. So I'm just here repenting to you right now. Just I just have to confess that, that I told them that. So, hey, we're excited that you're here this morning celebrating Easter with us. And I'm just so excited about this morning. I love this video I'm a little biased because that's my kid. If you didn't know, that's, that's my kid. And so I'm like, yes, you are a star. A hundred people have seen you today. You're so cute and precious. It's awesome. Anyway, we're, we're totally, um, we're just excited. Excited for this day, excited for you. We had baptisms in between services. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see those baptisms, but, but we had two people baptized, and, and it was just a day, and it is a day celebrate life. To celebrate life. Isn't that what Easter is all about? The life that Jesus gave us and that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about life. How life is so valuable and it means so much. If you have your Bibles, you turn to John chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't that so true? I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to get to the Father except through me. The best analogy that I could use in this verse is this, is that Benson, we took him to the theme park a couple weeks ago, and we had a blast. I mean, we were all over the place. We were hanging out. It was so incredibly fun, and as we were at the theme park just hanging out and stuff, he came up to a sign, And the sign says 42 inches. And you know where Benson was? Benson was at 36 and a quarter inches. And so he wasn't quite tall enough to ride this ride. And therefore, his dad said, man, I'm sorry, buddy. We're going to have to go home. But thankfully, thankfully, we saw a sign that said 36 inches with an adult. And therefore, Benson and I were able to ride this roller coaster. He didn't cry too much. And I think he had a great time. Look at this picture. Tell me if you think he had a great time. The dude was scared to death. So funny, man. So now I'll tell you this, though. This is what the picture doesn't say, is that Benson got back in line over and over and over again. And every time we took a picture, his face looked like that. So I don't know. You know, all I'm saying is maybe his face doesn't look like your face when you're having a good time, when you're having fun. You know, this journey in life, the journey that we go through is much like a theme park where you're hanging out with your friends, you're you're smiling, you're laughing, um, you're having a good time, you're so excited, and then... You eat too much funnel cake, and then you crash. You want to go take a nap and just let the kids go run wherever they run to, and who cares because I'm tired. And, and then you get your second wind, and you go back, and then you start riding more rides. Isn't life like that? Have you found life to be like that? It's a roller coaster of ups and downs, highs and lows. I think life is a lot like that. Life is like a theme park. But at the end of the night, just like Benson, You'll come to a sign when you want to ride that ride that everybody's been talking about. That ride that brings so much life and so much joy and you just fall short spiritually speaking. You're just not quite tall enough. You're just not quite there. You it's because the truth is that you're not alive and you're completely dead. You're not quite alive. You see there's sin has entered the world, and and this sin, this iniquity, this offense towards God has entered into all of us, and all of us possess it, and all of us are dead. Everybody say dead. All of us are dead. Now, this is not very good news this morning. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin, you earned death. For the wages of sin is death. Colossians 2.13 says, and you who are dead, In your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, we are completely dead. And you can't get more dead, can you? Like, you can't get more dead. Like, once you're dead, you're dead. You can't feel anything. There was this funny movie out in the 80s that came out. I don't know. The 80s is coming back, so maybe you've seen this, a little throwback movie. It's called Weekend at Bernie's, and Weekend at Bernie's, they take this dead body, and they go on vacation with him, and they do all these things with him, and people think that he's alive, except he's hitting his head on doorposts, and he's getting his foot slammed in the car, and they even give him a little dance. He's like this, doing the the Bernie. Can anybody do the Bernie? No? Okay. I mean, it's the whitest dance in the world. I mean, come on. That's all we got. We have we have, We have the Bernie. And we have the cabbage patch. That's what I've done three times at three weddings at Luminous while everybody's getting down. It's sad. But, but that's what we have. Bernie Bernie doesn't feel anything. He is completely dead. And you can't get more dead. And that's just the truth of it. And spiritually, we're all dead. Spiritually speaking, we all or were all dead because of sin. And, and we have not quite arrived to the place of life. And we try to arrive through so many things. We we try to fake it until we make it. We're great imitators, aren't we? I I feel like the United States is great at imitating things in in consumerism. I remember being 15 years old going to Washington, D.C., and there were vendors on the side of the sidewalk selling all sorts of things. And what I saw that caught my eye was a pair of Oakleys. Now I always wanted Oakleys. You know, all the cool kids had Oakleys. And so I wanted Oakleys. And, and so I began to ask him, how much? He goes, $10. I $10 for Oakleys? This is awesome. By the end of the trip, it was like two for five. We were talking them down. I mean, I was walking out with eight Oakleys or something like that. And it was awesome. But little did I know, they weren't really Oakleys. They were Oakleys. They were Oakleys because a week after I got them, they broke and i was devastated man these are fake these are not real this is not the real thing and i think oftentimes in life life is a lot like that we we do a lot of knockoffs buy a lot of knockoffs to try to get the real thing we find ourselves doing this spiritually as well there was a man in luke 12:13 that came up to jesus he says Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Verse 14. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge? Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to him, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life is not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have... Nowhere to store my crops. Verse 18, and he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store up all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Life is all right. We're almost there. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. We often do that in life. We're almost there. We tear down our barns and we build bigger ones. We're almost there. Uh, maybe if I'm single, maybe if the next girl will be the one. Maybe if I buy enough, the next item will be the thing that satisfies this deep longing inside of me. Maybe, just maybe, it will eventually happen on the other side. And when I think it happens, life is over. But I've been trying to get all along. i been slipping through my fingers. I realize I'm not quite there. We are incapable. Of anything that has life. We, on our own merit, on our own morals, and everything that we do, we're just incapable. And I want to tell you some good news, this and it's why we are here. We are here because Jesus is capable. Everybody say capable. Jesus is capable. Jesus lived this life. He started on earthly ministry at the age of 30. He lived for three years, and he wanted to show the world. You see, he, he prayed for blind eyes, and they opened. He prayed for the dead, and they were raised again. He did so many things, and we see that Jesus was capable. Here's a story. In John 11, we see where Jesus is capable when it seems like he is not. When all hope has been lost, have any of you lost hope in here today? You found yourself in a hopeless situation? I want to tell you that Jesus is capable. Now, when Jesus, verse 7, came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. This was one of Jesus' dear friends. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary and console them concerning their brother, their brother, Lazarus. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother, he would have not died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. I've seen it happen before. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? He said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, your brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, and he said where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Jesus raises Lazarus. In this moment, he says, as he was deeply moved, he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a great odor for He has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around. That they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him, let him go. Jesus says, I am resurrection and I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he die. And it's why we're here, church. We're here because of Zoe, because of life. Life meaning Zoe, the fullness of life, everything that embodies life. That's why we are here. That's why we sing. That's why we celebrate. That's why we we hunt Easter eggs and buy our kids whatever just to celebrate and and that's why we do so many things because it's a great celebration. Because of Jesus, we have life. Isn't that an awesome church? That because of Jesus, we have life. Life is revealing about how much love he has for us. How much love he has for us. You see when he saw Lazarus dead, he began to weep and moved with him. You see, Jesus saw you and me dead in our trespasses. He too wept over you and me. But the good news, church, is he wanted to do something about it, and so he brought the light into the earth. And I love light because you can't can't get rid of light. You can't get rid of it. You can't quench it. You can't put it out. You see, when light shines, darkness is overcome. Darkness never overcomes light. Isn't that amazing? And that's what light has done, and that's what life is. And not only is he capable, John 1, 4, but it's revealing. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In him there is no darkness. He is capable. He is so capable where he shines, darkness begins to flee. And Not only is he quite capable, he's also willing. I love that Jesus is not only capable of doing it, because that would be great if he was capable. We're all capable of stuff. We hear it all the time. You have potential to do so much. But unless you actually do something, nothing gets done. And what I love about Jesus is he's not just capable, but he's willing. It's a story that goes like this. Little Philip was born with Down syndrome. He attended a third grade class with several eight-year-old boys and girls. Typical of that age, all the other children didn't really accept Philip with his differences. But because of a creative teacher. They began to care about Philip and accept him as part of the group, though not fully, just partially. One day, the teacher brought large eggs to class. She brought these eggs and she gave the kids an assignment. She said, I want you to run around the school property, and I want you to find things that represent new life, and I want you to put them in these eggs. The kids were excited about this new mission, and they went out all over the place, and they began to put all sorts of things in their eggs. They brought them back to the teacher and laid them at her feet, and as they began to open the eggs, there was some creative kids. Some caught butterflies, and they were flying all over the place. I don't know what you do with that. Other kids, they would open it up, and and when they did, all the kids would ooh and all, and they would say, "Ooh, what is it? It's a it's a leaf. It's a leaf from a plant." Everybody said, "Ooh." Then another egg was up. and everybody said, "Oh, what is it? It's a flower. That's cute." And then some boy spit his game on some, I'm just kidding. The flower. Everybody said, one after one, the eggs were open. These kids were so creative. And then the teacher opened another egg. Like, what's in that one? And he opened it up, and it was empty. And some kid goes, you're, that's so dumb. Nobody did their assignment. Somebody cheated. Somebody was not doing it. And Philip spoke up. He said, that, that's mine. It's my egg. And the kids, who partially accepted him, began to turn on him and say, you're so stupid. You didn't even do the assignment. And Philip began to speak and he said, I did do it. It's empty. It's an empty tomb. It's life. That's why we're here today, church. Because the tomb is empty. And it's life. A few years later, sometimes happens with Down syndrome children. They'll contract something that other people can't fight off. And he got a rare disease. Philip passed away. But on his funeral day, it was a celebration because Philip knew the truth. And here comes his third grade class. All these boys and girls with empty eggs. And they placed them on his casket. You know, Philip knew the gospel at eight years old. And I'm always staying amazed that every Easter, people hear this message and it's as though they heard it for the first time. Their ears are opened. their eyes begin to see. And they know for the first time that Jesus has risen. And it surprises me, sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's 88. Where we get a full revelation of Jesus. It was a Good Friday, and Jesus was traded for a thief. They yelled out, Crucify him, crucify him, crucify the King of the Jews. He gave his life because not only was he capable, because he was perfectly spotless, but he was also willing. He gave it willingly. No one took it from him. He died a horrific death. And three days later, we find ourselves on Resurrection Sunday. And there's a rumor about the tomb being empty. And in John 20, verse 6, Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. The other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in. And he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture. He must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Because they knew something. They knew that a robber, can not go in there and take Jesus' body. Because you see, a robber, if a robber went back in there, they oftentimes would take the linen cloths and leave the body. Because that's what's done. But no, they, the linen cloths were there and they were folded. As though somebody folded them. It's indisputable that Jesus rose from the dead. You can't dispute it people try and try and try again. They come to find the truth. He is alive. So today you have quite a decision to make. You have quite a decision to make. You see, in Acts 3.14, as we all did this, dead in our trespasses, we denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked For a murder to be granted to us. But we put to death the prince of life. The prince of Zoe, we put him to death. The one whom God raised from the dead. Fact to which we are all witnesses. And maybe you find yourself faced with this dilemma as you're looking at Jesus, or maybe you've placed faith in Jesus, and you're being reminded today, just like the centurion in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-three, 53, and he's sitting there at the cross seeing this man die, wondering if he's innocent or not. Something begins to happen. The centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake, and what took place? They were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Such an amazing event that if you were there, you would confess too. But I want to tell you today, that we have an opportunity to confess. In Romans 10, it says this. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Church, can I pray for you with every eye closed and every head bowed? I just want to ask a simple question. Were you maybe like Phillips' classmates who maybe didn't understand what life truly was? Maybe that's you this morning. But today you decided, I want life, I want Jesus. I want him for the first time, I want him to be so real in me, I feel so dead, I feel so empty, and I just need life. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to pray for you. Church, would you stand with me as we pray? Jesus, we love you. Father, I thank you for those who may, for the first time, just need life and just need Jesus. And I thank you for those who need to be reminded today that we need life. We need Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come right now. We confess that you are Lord. We believe in our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we're going to end with a worship song going out on this celebration of Easter. And on your way out this morning, after we dismiss, we're going to give everybody an empty egg. And this week, place it on your dashboard, put it on your bathroom sink, and be reminded you have life because he lives. Church, can we worship today? Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.